KC Bones. And I am the Smark Slayer, Doc Haas. Hey, and it's me, the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, and you can catch us every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. And if you enjoy the Fourth Wall experience, come join the fam by going to patreon.com slash Fourth Wall WrestleCast, where you can receive early access to our shows for as low as $1 a month. $3 a month gets you more exclusive content for your weekly kayfabe consumption. $5 and $10 gets you all of that and so much more. So come be a part of the biggest draw for the critics. The Marks! A casual. And the hardcore. <laughs> Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. I have something to say! Hey yo! Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hard. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. I can't help it that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bones. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask you a question, Macho Man? Four question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. What up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. I am your host with the most, the babyface of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And fam, I'm actually running it solo tonight. Yes, unfortunately, guys, uh, on behalf of myself and the rest of the Fourth Wall team, we apologize for the inconsistency, but post-WrestleMania, life has taken taken over with new jobs working a lot we're all musicians so we're gigging a lot all three of us which is not a bad thing at all but um it has taken some time away from us putting into the show each week but no matter what we always promise to perform inform and entertain you each and every week so come hell or high water an episode will air each and every week Uh, Due to time for all of our $1 patrons out there, right now we are reworking some of our tiers because it's just been too difficult for us to release our episodes early for our patrons. So we are looking into different ways to reward you guys for showing your support and being a part of the fourth wall fan. 
And for those of you that have not joined the fam yet, let me tell you how. First, show your support by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fourth Wallcast. That's with the number four. Next, join the fam by going to patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast, where three dollars a month gets you exclusive audio content that with shows such as Sunday Night Aftermath, Smarky's Singles Run, which is in the $5 tier, and then we have Kayfabe Classics, hosted by none other than Doc Haas. So that's $3 tier, gets you exclusive audio content. We have more shows coming your way as well. So that's patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast. So tonight we're going to give our predictions, well, my predictions, for the 2019 Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming to us this Sunday, May 19th, live from Hartford, Connecticut at the XL Center. But before we get into that, we have some AEW news that we have to share with everyone on the fam. So wrestling is returning to TNT as part of a multi-platform deal with All Elite Wrestling. That's fucking amazing. And I'm going to tell you why. TNT will air live AEW matches weekly on primetime TV starting in the fall. I believe it's October when they're going to start airing. And AEW will also be presented on the Bleacher Report live each week as well as their pay-per-views. So why is this huge? Just because we're going to start getting some more mainstream a mainstream following and more eyes on indie darlings that that we've all been fans of for years like Kenny Omega. I honestly I would consider Cody under that list as well cuz he's been in the indies long enough. Uh, the Young Bucks, we're going to see uh, SoCal Uncensored, Hangman Page, we're going to finally get to see Pac doing what he does at his best. He's, we're going to see him at his best, unlike what the way he was uh, booked in WWE. Neville was held back, but now Pac can fucking do what he wants to do. Now we're going to be able to get a chance to see that on primetime television. So that's huge. And we haven't had any other promotion on primetime TV since the final WCW Monday Nitro, which was March 26th. 26th, 2001. So, this could also be the start of the modern day Monday Night Wars. Obviously, we'll have to think of a new working title for that since AEW is going to be aired on Tuesdays, but you get the idea. We're going to finally have competition for Vince McMahon to sink his teeth into and then for him to also open his eyes and realize that shit. I'm getting, I'm falling into my old bad habits again, and I need to listen to the people and see what else is out there and what else is selling. So I think this is going to be good for all of us, all the wrestling fans, whether you're an indie fan and not a WWE fan, whether you only watch WWE or you watch it all. This is big, huge for all of us and also for the wrestlers that are out there on the independent scene to give them another another outlet and another platform for them to get uh, some uh, mainstream following <coughs> and to be to get eyes on them on a national level so I've been saying it since our first episode but it's a great fucking time to be a wrestling fan and I hope that whether we th- 
think highly or or badly right now of WWE's product, we could all agree that this is a great time to be a fan. I mean, let's let's think about it. We finally get to see wrestlers like AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura on a WWE television. These are guys that a lot of us were fans of on the indies. And we finally got to see what we always wanted, them in the WWE ring. Regardless of how they're booked, you know, whether they're main eventers, mid-carters, or just a little lost in the shuffle, which we know unfortunately has happened, we're, we're getting what we wanted. We're getting to see them on WWE television. Whether the Nakamura versus Styles match at WrestleMania was what we expected it to be, we still got to see it on the grandest stage of them all. So, great time to be a wrestling fan, 100%. So anyway, guys, that's AEW. Big things are happening. Looking forward to the way the fall is going to turn out. Because don't forget, we're going to have a lot of wrestling to watch now. Because now SmackDown is going to be moving to Fridays in the fall. AEW is going to premiere on Tuesdays. And we're still going to have Monday Night Raw on Mondays. So, let's swing things over to the WWE side. And let's talk about our predictions now for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view this weekend. Um, Oh, by the way, if anyone is going to the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, be on the lookout for King Ricky Rose and our very own Willie T from the Kings of the Rings podcast representing Wrestle Addict Radio at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. If you see them, say hello Tell them that you love the show. Tell them that Bones sent you. So let's get into the card. I want to start off before we get into the card that we already know. I want to get into one prediction that I have. uh, One match I think we actually might see uh, this weekend. They've been doing a lot with the newly named team of the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane. There's been a lot of promos a lot of talk about how they are the best tag team in the women's division and i think they've already pushed them enough and put them on the pedestal where they can go into money in the bank to face the iconics for the tag titles and potentially win them i think uh if this match happens this week and we're going to see the kabuki warriors uh leaving money in the bank with the women's tag team championships I mean, ever since WrestleMania, Peyton and Billy Kay have been booked terribly. They've lost any match they've had, whether it was singles or tag teams, since WrestleMania. I think it was four straight losses since Mania. Um, Nothing against the Iconics. We all got what we wanted. We got to see them win the titles at WrestleMania, so they had their moment. I don't think... The Iconics were the long-term plan. I actually think the long-term plan was Asuka and Kairi Sane. Which brings me to the Sasha Banks story. I think if Sasha Banks would have stuck around and didn't get all boo-boo kitty on the fact that they got that they lost their titles at Mania, I think this could have been a really good potential feud going into maybe SummerSlam, have the Kabuki Warriors win the tag team titles, and have them face the Boston Nut Connection. But I think a lot has been uh, rewritten. You know, as I mentioned last week, WWE is reactionary. You know, after Sasha's little outburst and her little tantrum. Again, I'm not going to say that I, I'm with her or not. I don't want to get into the whole politics of the whole Sasha Banks thing. I don't know. <clears throat> we don't know for sure what was promised, what was discussed. You know, we could read all we want on the dirt sheets. 
the end of the day, guys and gals, it's just clickbait. So unless we hear it from the source exactly what happened, we could we could uh, make rumors and innuendos like uh, Bruce and Conrad always talk about. You know, we can't really base it off base it off of anything factual. We could draw our own conclusions, but who knows? But regardless, that's where I think this story was going. But going back to current day, I think we can see the Kabuki Warriors potentially leaving money in the bank with the women's tag team championships if this match is added to the card. If not, you heard it here first. That's what's going to happen when these two teams finally face each other. The next match on the card, uh, Cruiserweight Championship match, Tony Nese versus Aria Davari, most likely on the kickoff show. It's going to be a great match. It's still unfortunate that they don't give the Cruiserweight Championship or just the Cruiserweights themselves um, enough airtime on Raw, considering they are Raw. They are on the Raw roster. Uh, I know they they were when 205 first started, but I think now they have the roster is too stacked. They don't have enough time in a day. But with that being said, I, I'm happy that Tony Nese is the champion. I think Tony Nese deserves it. He's a fucking fantastic worker in the ring. Him and Buddy Murphy put on a great match. It was a great match to start and open up WrestleMania with. If you have not seen it on the kickoff show, go back and watch Tony Nese <clears throat> excuse me, versus Buddy Murphy. I don't know much about how this feud has bulk because, again, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch 205 Live. But I'm going to have to go with Tony Nese on this because Tony Nese is, I don't think it's his time to lose it this soon. But again, I really don't know how they're booking Aria Davari. I think it's great that Davari has this opportunity in the championship match at a pay-per-view. You know, again, Aria, I think, is a great wrestler. I love watching him in the ring, and he has a pretty good character. You know, I'm thinking back to when he was teamed up with Hideo Itami. Poor guy. But anyway... So that's this match. I'm going to go with Tony Nese retaining the Cruiserweight Championship. The next match that was just announced uh, yet last night after SmackDown, it's the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan versus the Usos. Very interesting choice of booking considering the Usos have been switched to Raw post the Superstar Shakeup which I thought was a great move. I would have much rather have seen the Usos face the Revival, but I do think there this may be an opportunity for them to really develop <coughs> the Usos and Revival storyline. I think this is going to be a great match. Uh, if you didn't see their match on SmackDown last week, again, they these two teams look really good together. Uh, I kind of like the Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan team uh, again, it's, they're still sticking with the whole planet storyline, you know, Captain Planet and the Planeteers. But uh, I dig it. I don't, again, don't know why Usos weren't in a different match or why they couldn't put another team, maybe Heavy Machinery, considering they had that one little run in last week on SmackDown, or even the club, you know, Gallus and Anderson, give them a chance, or bring AOP back, something. Um I don't see the Usos winning this match. Well, one, because they're on Raw. And two, I think this is going to help um, grow the storyline, develop the storyline between the Usos and the Revival. I think the Revival is going to get involved and cost the Usos the match. 
So my prediction is Daniel Bryan and Rowan will retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The next match is a WrestleMania rematch. United States champion Samoa Joe taking on Rey Mysterio. I think because they're doing this match again, they're going to do it the way they wanted to do it at WrestleMania. I actually don't think Samoa Joe was the plan to win at Mania, but because of Mysterio's injury, there was no way they could have done anything to develop him as the United States champion post-WrestleMania because he was injured. I do think Rey Mysterio is going to win the United States championship because as we all know, this is Mysterio's final run probably. I don't know when his contract is up, but I believe once his contract is up, this may be the last we see of Mysterio. And for those of you that don't know, all Mysterio needs to do is win the United States Championship to be a Grand Slam champion. So I think this will be the opportunity for a Mysterio to win. Now, do I think Samoa Joe is still the long-term plan? I do. So I definitely can see Ray losing it quickly back to Samoa Joe after Money in the Bank, but I think they're going to make this a moment for Mysterio and also Dominic. Dominic Mysterio, Ray's son, who, if you have not seen, there were reports about a week or two ago that Dominic got a contract from the WWE, probably just for the Performance Center. I don't know if he has any actual wrestling experience or anything yet. <clears throat> But he did get a contract, so I would say keep our uh, keep a lookout for Dominic Mysterio to be entering NXT. I'd say in the upcoming years, a year or two, people are saying that they think Dominic might get involved in this match to help Ray win. I personally wouldn't book it that way because Ray Mysterio doesn't need his son to help him win a championship. I mean, we've seen Mysterio take on big opponents before he's defeated the big show he's defeated uh great Kali. he's defeated batista so we've already seen him take on the bigger opponents in my opinion if dominic helped him win this match at the pay-per-view and mysterio does become a grand slam champion in my eyes that would kind of taint the victory and taint mysterio being a grand slam champion because he didn't win a fair and square i think he's more than capable of doing it do I think Dominic may get involved in some way? I do. But I don't think he's going to be the reason Mysterio wins. I think he'll get involved because of uh, Persuasion or Samoa Joe antagonizing him to get involved. So I think he'll be involved in some way. But I don't think Mysterio is going to need him to win the championship. I think we're going to see Mysterio take on Joe in a really good match and beat him fair and square. I wouldn't look at it as a bad thing for Samoa Joe because, you know, the bad guys do have to lose every now and then too. But like I said, I think the long-term goal is that Joe's going to win the title back in pretty quick fashion after the pay-per-view. So, moving on to the next match. The Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. When it was first announced... I was not into this because I did not want to see them in a cage match. I just didn't want to. But I love how they have been developing this storyline over the past few weeks. And this will actually tie into the next match I want to talk about, which is Roman Reigns versus Elias. But I really think we're seeing the seeds planted for a potential current day corporate stable with Shane McMahon at the helm. 
I mean, we've already seen Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, Bobby Lashley, Elias, the B team, all assist Shane McMahon at some point over the past few weeks. I actually think, if you think back to before WrestleMania, Shane McMahon had Shelton Benjamin, uh, Primo Cologne, and Sanity all with him to attack The Miz or kind of as his bodyguards. So I think that was like him kind of testing out. Let me put a little stable together. And I kind of said it back then too, and I, I think we're finally seeing the, pl- the seeds planted for a potential modern-day corporate stable. And you know what? I think it's been long enough, and we could probably do something like that. Because also, um, the word has been that Fox really wants to have a heel McMahon on SmackDown, and I think Shane is the perfect fit right now. I'm, I'm loving Shane McMahon's character since he turned heel. I like it so much better than Face Shane. Face Shane got old really fast uh, when he was uh, commissioner of SmackDown and D- Daniel Bryan was GM. So I like heel Shane McMahon so much better. But I'm pretty sure this is where this is going. But in this match, I actually don't think Miz is going to win. I think Shane's going to take this one again. So he's going to have two wins over Miz. I think... I don't know what it's going to be, but I do think the payoff of this feud is going to be something bigger to put the Miz somehow back in the main event scene going into WrestleMania 36. But let's uh, congruently move over to the Roman Reigns versus Elias match. I don't think this is a bad match, and I really am looking forward to seeing this match for a few reasons. Notice how when Roman Reigns has returned, he has been in the mid-card. So I think what we all expected him to be was put right back into the championship scene, but I'm kind of glad they're still booking him in the mid-card. And, you know, Roman Reigns has been in the mid-card scene more times than I think John Cena ever has been in his career. You know how we always complained about Cena being in the main event? And then it became Roman Reigns? Well, take a look back. Roman Reigns has been in the mid-card scene a lot longer than John Cena ever was so there's really no comparison I think if Roman didn't have to take time off and he was still universal champion going into this point I might think that way I might depending on you know where that story went with him as universal champion who knows where that was supposed to go but I like how they're booking Roman Reigns upon his return now in this match I don't think Roman needs the win I didn't think he needed the win against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania either. You know, he's already over. He's already getting the crowd reaction Vince has always wanted him to get. So I don't think he needs the win. He's still going to have the entire WWE universe behind him. I think of anyone needs the win, Elias needs the win. And also, if we're going to be doing this heel stable, this potential corporate stable with Shane McMahon at the helm, yes, then Elias needs to win this match. And going back to what I was saying earlier with uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan taking on the Usos. Another reason why D. Bry and Rowan have to win. They have to make... Shane is not going to have a corporate stable that's not strong. So we need to make sure that we're booking all of the superstars in the stable strong before this team forms, before this faction forms. And I'm all about this. You guys know that I'm I'm all about stables. I love stables. I love factions. Um... 
This is going to add a whole new element to both Raw and SmackDown, especially with the wild card rule being a thing now. Oh, and by the way, WWE, you guys booked shit really well this week on Raw and SmackDown. People were skeptical. I was skeptical last week after the wild card rule was a thing, but both shows were just booked so well this week, and I was worried that the wild card rule was going to take away from Money in the Bank. Because like, like last week it did, there was really no talk of the of this pay per view. It was all about this wild card rule last week. But we did a really good job of putting the wild card rule in the back seat, but still keeping it in the forefront just enough, but not enough to take away from the build to the money in the bank pay per view. I wasn't looking forward to this pay per view as of last week. Now I am. So kudos to creative. And what they did this week on really making me excited to watch this pay-per-view. Only, only in two shows in five hours. So kudos to everyone there. Uh, now just keep doing what you're doing. Do this shit every week. You're not going to have so many complainers. Anyway, uh, Elias is going to win this match. And I think he's my pick to win. Um, next, let's talk about... The Money in the Bank matches. First, let's talk about the women's Money in the Bank match. This match is featuring last year's winner, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Natalia, Dana Brooke, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella. First thing I have to say is I'm still not a fan of this lineup. Alexa, I understand. Naomi, I understand. WWE thinks very highly of Naomi. She's always been in this title picture, and I think she's a great athlete, too. Alexa Bliss makes sense because she was last year's winner. Natalia, yeah, you want to throw the veteran in there. Fine, great. Put Natalia in there. Dana Brooke, eh. I think we could have picked someone else to go in that spot. Ruby Riot. I think Ruby Riot would have been a perfect fit. Bailey, I think, is perfect for this match. I think if anyone needs to win this match, Bailey needs to win it. I think what I'm going to do is for the two Money in the Bank matches, I'm going to tell you who I think should win it, who I think should win it, who I think needs to win it in terms of storyline and character development, and then who I think actually is going to win it, who I think they're going to book. Um... So I think Bailey needs to win this match. Mandy Rose is also in the match. Amber Moon is in the match. And Carmella. Again, Carmella makes sense because she was the first ever Money in the Bank winner. Amber Moon makes sense because this poor woman has been relegated to the mid-card scene or lack thereof mid-card scene in the women's division since she came to the main roster. I I want Amber Moon to win. That's my pick to win is Ember Moon because this, again, I'm going to say need, but someone like Ember Moon really could could use this push and get her uh, in that main event scene. Bailey needs it because of where her career has gone. It's kind of fluctuated on the main roster. I'm glad that Bailey didn't get all Boo Boo Kitty and walk away with Sasha because this is a great spot for someone like Bailey. I'm pretty sure Dana Brooke was reactionary after the whole Sasha Banks outburst, but I think Sasha was going to be in that place. Still don't know why Ruby Riot isn't here. I don't understand that at all. 
Um, and I don't understand why why Ruby hasn't been on TV since before WrestleMania, or did we even see her at WrestleMania? I think we did. <coughs> but anyway, so I th- I want Ember Moon to win. She's my pick. Bailey needs to win, but I think Mandy Rose is going to win this. Mandy. I think she was the one that's getting the push. Uh, I would have much rather have seen Sonya Deville in her place, but I definitely think they're going to book this for Mandy Rose to win. Let's move on to the second Money in the Bank ladder match, which is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. So the men that are participating in this match are Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Randy Orton, Ali, the Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor, Andrade, and Sami Zayn, who defeated Braun Strowman this past week on Raw to take Braun's spot in the Money in the Bank match. So, first of all, what does that tell you about how Vince McMahon and creative are looking at Braun Strowman? This poor guy has busted his ass since he joined the main roster and the first, when the draft happened and and the Wyatt family broke up. Braun came out of nowhere and made a name for himself. Dude needs to work on his promo skills still, but for a while, like this time last year, we thought... Well, you know, Braun's going to have the championship before the year's over. But look at the roller coaster this guy's been on. I mean, there's been no development in his character. He's still the same exact character. Like, I think Braun could afford to reinvent himself slightly. I'm not saying a complete makeover. But this dude needs something right now because he is nothing more than an attraction and a comedy act now. When this guy deserves to have some gold. I know he had the tag championships with a nine-year-old, but that don't even get me started on that one. So I'm actually really happy that Sami Zayn got got this spot. Uh, again, look at they think they think very highly of Sami Zayn. This is now going to be his third match since his, he returned from injury. His first match was an Intercontinental Championship match against Finn Balor. Then he faced AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. And now his third match is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. I could see big things happening for Sami Zayn pretty soon. But I do not think he's going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Randy Orton. I love that they put him in here. People hate on Randy Orton. People are tired of Randy Orton. I'm still a Randy Orton fan. I love the Viper. I love heel Randy Orton. RKO's out of nowhere. Don't get old. I love how often they do it. Like, it's not, they're not overdoing it. I love it. I love how he comes in, attacks Andrade, attacks Ali. Uh, he hits Samoa Joe with one. Awesome. Love it. So, and I can understand too why he's in it because he's a past winner. And again, you have to have, put the veteran in there. Next, Andrade. Andrade is my dark horse to win this match. I definitely think creative. Thinks highly of him, and I believe we're going to see Andrade in the, the championship picture before this year is over. Um, but he's my dark horse to potentially win win this match. Um, I love that they've. I love that. I know shortly after he joined the main roster, he was kind of lost in the sauce. But I love that they've really helped develop his character. I'm. I love that Zelina Vega is with him. She really does wonders for his character. Um, 
But uh, he's my dark horse. Not the, I don't think he's going to win it, though. Definitely my dark horse because I, I think post-Money in the Bank, he's going to end up in the Intercontinental Championship picture and feud with Finn Balor, which is actually where I, I thought the this was going to go between the two of them since, since the Superstar shakeup. But... I'm not complaining about Andrade and Finn Balor both being in this match. Um, it's going to be a, they're going to make help enhance how great of a match this can be. But uh, personally, I think I would have rather have seen maybe two different people in there in that spot and let these two face each other one on one for the IC Championship. But you know what? Hold on to that thought, and we'll watch those two face each other for the IC title down the road. Uh, Finn Balor again, IC champion. I. He was in it last year as well, so we already he's a Money in the Bank veteran. Uh, but again, just a great wrestler. I'm glad that he's at least on the card and we get to see Finn Balor f- fight. Baron Corbin. Baron fucking Corbin. People are shitting all over him, all over the Twitter machine. But I am very big on Baron Corbin. I love his character. He has embraced his character. His promo skills are fucking great. And he's great in the ring. Not my pick to win this. I definitely think we're going to see Corbin rocket strapped fairly soon. Um, but it also makes sense to have him in it because he was last year's winner. It, honestly, if he did win it, I would hope they would do this money in the this briefcase reign better than the last one. I did like how they were working it originally, where it was he always kind of hinted at cashing it, but he wouldn't. The way it ended, though, was just unfortunate for Baron. So, Baron, now you know, don't piss off John Cena behind the scenes. Next is Ricochet. Fucking so happy for this dude. I think this is an awesome spot for him. He was put in this match along with Ali, which I'll get into next, for the purpose that, hey, it's a ladder match. We need some fun-sized wrestlers that could do some really cool flippy shit off the ladders. So... Ali and Ricochet are going to put on a fucking clinic in high flying in this match, and I cannot wait to see some of the shit they pull off <clears throat> on Sunday. Ali, I think it's great that he's in this match. I don't, um, I don't see him or Ricochet actually winning this. I, I forgot to mention that about Ricochet, but I don't see them winning it. They're just put in this. They're the spot monkeys in the match. <clears throat> Fam, I do apologize if my voice sounds really raspy. Um, my voice has kind of been hit or miss lately at my job. 90% of what I do is talk. So <clears throat> I do apologize if my voice is raspy. I'll make sure um drink some salt water before I record next time. Uh, anyway, um, Ali, I love how they're still, they think highly of him too. Let me back up real quick. Let's think of pre-WrestleMania, going back to the Elimination Chamber, where Ali was supposed to be in this match. We can go ahead and compare Ali to Kofi Kingston all night long. You know, was Ali supposed to run the same path as Kofi? I don't think so. I just think this is the path that Kofi took because of the reaction Kofi got. Ali would not have gotten the same reaction Kofi did because Ali doesn't have the 11 years of experience or that he's not a household name yet. But I do think that they think highly of Ali to put him in these in these big uh, main event matches. So again, he's there for the high flippy shit off the ladders. Uh, good for him, though, to be in this spot. I don't know where he goes after this. I'd like to see him in a singles feud with Randy Orton. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see what happens on Sunday. And last but not least, my pick to win this is Drew McIntyre. 
he is my pick to win it because he should have been in the title picture before the end of the year. He should have been the one to win the money. Um, I'm sorry. He should have been the one to win the Royal Rumble. Or at least still be in the picture, the championship picture going into WrestleMania. I think if he won the Rumble, he would have been the one to defeat Brock. Love that Seth Rollins is the champion. Not taking anything away from him. But Drew was my original pick. And I think he should have... I shouldn't say he should have won because I kind of like what they're doing with Seth. But I think he would have been a great other choice besides Seth Rollins. Um, and all, even when he faced Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, I think that would have been a better match and it could have been a bigger match if that had something behind it, like a number one contenders match or something like that. But I think Drew's this is going to be Drew's opportunity to be in the championship picture. He's going to win the briefcase. I just hope he doesn't carry the green one around. I'd rather give him like a black briefcase. But that's just something aesthetically that doesn't really matter here or there. It's just a prop. But... That is my pick to win the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Drew McIntyre. So next, let's talk about the four championship matches. First, let's talk about the let's talk about both women's championship matches because they're both going to involve Becky Two Belts, the man Becky Lynch. She's defending both the Raw and SmackDown championships in the same night. Last time we saw this was SummerSlam of 2016, I believe. Um, I don't have Smarky here to check my my work, but I believe that was the pay-per-view where Seth Rollins defended the U.S. Championship against John Cena and then defended the WWE Championship against Sting. Could be wrong on the year and the pay-per-view, but I believe that was the last time we saw a champion defend two titles in the same night. What a coincidence. And now it came out on the Twitter machine. They are officially dating. Or maybe they just kissed for a picture. Who knows? Um, Becky and Seth, it is. I mean, that's what I'm referring to if you haven't been reading the dirt sheets. Anyway, Becky is defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. It doesn't bother me that Charlotte Flair got another opportunity. She's fucking Charlotte Flair. I would just stop complaining. Charlotte Flair is a main eventer. She is the f- one of the faces of this company right now. Myself and Doc and Smarky have said it in the past. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey are like the, the St- Steve Austin, Triple H, and Rock of the modern era right now. So get used to it. <clears throat> Charlotte Flair's going nowhere. She'll be in the title picture for a very long time. Then Becky Lynch is defending the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. Said it last week, I love the character development with Lacey Evans. Watch out for Lacey. She's going to be a main eventer, and she's going to be a force to reckon with in the women's women's division overall. Now, who do I think is going to win each match? That's a good question. I honestly have no idea. There's different ways you could book this. Um, let's go back to the mon- the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Let's say Bailey wins. You have Charlotte defeat Becky. 
for the SmackDown Championship and then have Bailey cash in later that night on Charlotte to win the SmackDown's championship. Okay, that's good booking right there. Or you have Charlotte take on Becky first on the card and then later on and then have Becky win. And then later on in the night, when Becky faces Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair distracts Becky, interferes, but somehow assists Lacey Evans in getting the win. So two very valid routes this can go either way, but I think Becky's going to retain because Becky, Becky two belts is way too catchy, way too marketable, and they just started making those shirts. And if they're looking for their cash cow right now, it's Becky Lynch. So I'm going to go with Becky retains both championships at this pay-per-view, and she holds them both until at least SummerSlam. Because I think there's no reason at this point to pull take any belt off of her. And again, I think she. I think Doc, Doc was saying as well. I think she's the catalyst of the potential ending to the brand split, and she's been kind of like the guinea pig to test this out. The people going back and forth because now we have the wild card rule. It's like they're slowly getting rid of the brand split, and I think Becky Lynch is the catalyst of that right now. So that is my prediction. Becky retains both championships. Next, we have the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston defending against Kevin Owens. First of all, I'm extremely happy that KO is back to his old heel self. Um, I just wasn't buying him as a babyface, especially when he was with the New Day for those couple weeks. Very sneaky, very slick how he infiltrated the New Day and then just broke him apart from the inside. It was awesome. Uh, I I knew this was the match that was going to happen all along. I actually thought KO was going to be in the title picture at Mania, as I mentioned on our Mania prediction show. I also think KO is a perfect uh, first pay-per-view opponent for Kofi Kingston. I want to talk about Kofi, like I mentioned last week as well. I'm really buying into Kofi Kingston as the WWE champion. I was kind of skeptical at first because I never saw him. I always saw him as the guy that always almost got there but never did. And I guess because it's been 11 years, I never saw Kofi actually getting to that spot. But they have done a really good job of booking him and his creative and development as championship. As I'm sorry, as champion has been great. I believe him as a champion. He's already defended his championship against the likes of AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, and even Daniel Bryan again post WrestleMania. So he's already defended the title three times because him, Sami, and AJ was a triple threat. But he did defend it against Seth, regardless of how it ended. He did defend it against um, Daniel Bryan last week. He is a fighting champion, and that's what I love about Kofi Kingston. With that being said, I don't think KO is going to win. I think Kofi. I think it's too soon for them to pull the the belt off uh, the title off of Kofi. I think this is the legit start of a really long run with Kofi Kingston at the helm as WWE champion. I have no predictions on who he's going to potentially lose to, especially now with this wild card thing, because I don't know who's going to actually end up on SmackDown at some point. So 
I think this is he, Kofi's going to hold on to this title for for a long time. And I'm going to say it here. I think he could potentially hold this title until Mania of next year. You heard it here first. I know. I just hope that happens. Do I think anyone's going to interfere in the match? I don't. I'm, I would expect to see Xavier Woods there. Obviously, Big E is still injured. If anything, only because of what happened this past week on SmackDown, regardless of the outcome of the Money in the Bank of the men's Money in the Bank match, I could maybe see Sami Zayn coming out just to assist KO in a way, maybe help take out Xavier Woods. I really don't want that to happen. I really, honestly, I don't think they're going to have the Sami Zayn KO pair up. They need to keep Sami and KO separate for a long time. Keep Sami on Raw, KO on SmackDown, let them do their thing separately. But I potentially could see Sami getting involved some in some way. But Kova's going to retain, and we're going to see a long, long title reign by the man Kofi Kingston. Oops, sorry, Becky. You're the only man. Anyway, last but not least, the Universal Championship match. We're going to see Seth freaking Rollins defend the Universal Championship against the phenomenal AJ Styles. They're definitely not wasting any time with the outcome from the Superstar Shakeup. Oh shit, we got AJ on Raw. Good, he's going right into the title picture. Regardless of what he had to do to get there, you know, in the, the series of triple threat matches with Samoa Joe and McIntyre and Corbin and Mysterio. But I think this was the, the goal for the longest time. I think the goal is to eventually give this title to AJ, but it's not going to be now. Seth's going to, again, have a, a run with this Universal Championship because I think it already has been booked for the Saudi Arabia show, which is, I believe, uh, called Super Showdown, which was the Australia show last year. But uh, Seth is already defending the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar at, uh, in Saudi Arabia at Super Showdown. Uh, but Seth Rollins, it's going to be a great match. I don't want to give it any expectations like I did with the Nakamura-Styles match. I just want to sit back and watch these two do what they do best. I really appreciated and respected the fact that they did bring up the fact that AJ was uh, AJ and Rollins face each other on the indies. And I like how they did bring that story into it. I wish they would have kind of elaborated on that a little bit more and brought it up sooner and not waited for the week of, but I did appreciate that they did bring it up and they talked about it. It actually showed footage of it, which was pretty awesome too. That was a young Tyler Black and a very young AJ Styles. I believe that was before Styles became phenomenal. So, those are my predictions for the 2019 Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Like I said earlier, really looking forward to this pay-per-view now. Um, I know it's also the Game of Thrones series finale. I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, so I'll be watching Money in the Bank. For those of you that do watch Game of Thrones instead of Money in the Bank, I really hope you guys enjoyed the series finale. But stay tuned to our Twitter as I will try my best to live tweet throughout the pay-per-view for some updates if you want updates if you don't then reach out after you watch game of thrones and let let us know at the fourth wall what you guys thought overall of the money in the bank pay-per-view we're going to most likely post a poll 
to see what you how you guys graded this week's event. So again, Money in the Bank is going to be this Sunday on the WWE Network coming to us live from the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut. And once again, if you're going there live, keep your keep a lookout for King Ricky Rose and Willie T from the Kings of the Rings podcast. Make sure you say hello and tell them that Bones sent you. Well, fam, that's all the time we have for today. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to episode 26 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. I am JC Bones, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JC Bones. That's Bones with a Z. Please give my good brothers Doc and Smarky a follow on Twitter. You can find Doc at Dr. Haas 4WC. And you can find Smarky at Johnny Smarks a lot. Also, show your support for the Wrestle Addict Radio family on Twitter at Addict Wrestle. That's where you can find the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Gift of Podcast, Not Your Mama's Soap Opera, us, the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, and some more shows joining the ranks very soon. As we mentioned last week, Rant with Ant will be closing their doors very shortly, but we are going to keep Wrestle Addict Radio running strong, and we're going to continue to grow, get more shows, get some more personalities on the network for your listening pleasure. So please give us a follow at Addict Wrestle. Also, if you want to show more support for the Fourth Wall team, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast where again three dollars and up will get you exclusive audio content and we have a lot of content to give you this will also give you full access to our entire entire audio library from our very first episode to our current day all of our other shows kayfabe classics smarky singles run sunday night aftermath as well as some of our early day early early day recordings before we even started going live so all of that is available on our patreon page at patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestle cast and if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience let us know what you like let us know what you don't like give us a rating give us five stars thumbs up five hearts likes shares subscribe all that fun stuff and Be sure to recommend to all your friends to do the same, join our Patreon, and join the 4th Wall fam. By doing that, you're going to help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the 4th Wall WrestleCast. Goodbye and good night.